The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, giddy up, wolf pack. Welcome to the third stop podcast this is the night shift episode we do lots of shows here a week on this podcast channel everything from true crime tuesdays which is what you stumbled into tonight with myself and andrea up late uh to world news every wednesday with myself and dead like media that goes out on thursdays and then fridays are breakdowns com center thursday nights that releases on saturday and now we're playing around with a new Monday show, which is all police related news um, with a comedian friend of mine, Jay Durrell White. So for all the paid members, I got to see that on Monday. Hope to hear from you guys, let you guys know what I thought, what you guys thought, not what I thought, what you guys thought. Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. If you want to sleep so good, it's scary. Head over to Ghostbed, baby. They just ramped up our promo code. Somewhere around like I think 40% now. I don't know how they stay in business. I don't know. Because 40% seems like that seems like a lot. Does that seem like a lot to you, Andrea? I think it's a whole lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of savings on a bed. So if you want to sleep so good that it's scary, go to ghostbed.com. Use that promo code Wolfpack. They got the adjustable base. They've got the cooling sheets, that cooling technology. My favorite part about ghost beds is that they're made in the good old help me out here. USA. 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 Dude, somebody's been watching Rocky Four. Somebody's yeah, been yeah. watching Tell, baby. But yeah, we love Ghostbed. We really appreciate it. They got the adjustable base. They got all the things you can bundle the packages together. Dealings Wazoo. Head over to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. 0% down, 0% financing. That's if you have one more and I'm out of here podcast credit. Those guys, even those guys can afford a fucking Ghostbed. If, you, if they can, you can. I'll tell you that much. That's what um, they say. Very busy week this week. It's been a very busy week. Lots of true crime updates. I know we've got a missing child in Indiana. But first, uh, before we dive into that really quickly, what do you have in store for us tonight? Um, tonight, yeah, before we get into a little news updates, we're going to be talking about a case uh, out of California in 1980. It's a still unsolved murder of Dorothy Scott with some super weird twists and turns where some stalkery phone calls turn into the abduction and murder of a single mother there in California about 40 years ago. That's terrible. Any relation to Michael Scott? Uh, not that we know of not yet. Know it's to be determined. determined to be determined. Okay. Well, uh, I know we have a missing child in Indiana. I'm not sure if you're, you've kept up with that or not. Um, and then we also have a Fort Bragg soldier who's been charged with a January murder. Not I sure saw that, that. Was a cold case, but it does look like a, rather peculiar case. Um, do you know anything about the Indiana missing child, the 14 year old out of Indiana? Mm-mm. No, no. I, I was looking at some other updates. You and I spoke on that one the other day. Uh, that one I don't know as much about. You can enlighten me if you do. Otherwise I mean, I, it's, it's very peculiar. Uh, the missing child, he's 14 years old. Um, they've suspended the search, uh, even though that they think that he's in extreme danger. Uh, they, they suspended the search as of today. Uh, there's some internet sleuths that are saying that, uh, his parents shaved his head as a form of punishment. And that's one of the updated pictures, but it is a very odd picture that it's a picture of the kid. He's kind of got his eyes down. His eyebrows are furrowed. He does have a shade head and it looks like he'd been crying. It almost looks like a mug shot. 
Um, okay. They've also said that he disappeared with a, a white shirt with letters. I read on Reddit that the letters of the shirt was a punishment that the parents made. But, you know, I don't know because the Internet says all sorts of weird things. Yeah. The police department is saying, please don't believe these rumors that parents are disciplined their kids in different ways. And that we shouldn't judge the parents for, for the way they discipline their child. So that makes me wonder or makes me think, you know, that there was some kind of odd Maybe some odd discipline yeah, going on there. Yeah, if they're suspending the search too, that makes me kind of feel like they, again, as we talk about all the time, but you know, like they they know some more things that we don't know yet. Uh, yeah, that we've not been made privy to. That's that's a little concerning, I think, in that you know, in that light. Yeah, although they still have a silver alert out for them, um, and and they say that the parents aren't suspects. Um, but there's been nothing put out by the parents. It's, we're on almost day five at this point of him being dis- disappeared and being missing. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man, but it's a very strange case. And I'm sure it's something in the few weeks that we'll probably be covering. It almost has a lot of Dylan Rounds feelings. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Dylan, there's nothing new there since we've talked about Jim Brenner being charged uh, with the murder of Dylan. We know that we have the video of him, you know, in a bloody shirt cleaning off a gun. I mean, everything is just very tell me you murdered this kid without telling me you murdered this kid right um but no new new updates there i will tell you while we're talking about um these updates let me pull this up do you guys remember uh debbie collier that was the athens georgia woman who before the game right and so in at first it was so many weird instances she was found partially nude uh clutching was she the one that was burned up was she burned up well they they kept saying that she had a charred abdomen a charred abdomen and that would be all they spoke of we find out later with the autopsy that she did have um oxycontin ingestion she had they deemed the pathologist at the time deemed her death by suicide uh by way of inhalation of superheated gases and we talked on that a little bit. That's uh, a bit more common than I realized or becoming more common than I realized of someone to, so that's why they found that propane torch uh, or that like kind of Insta torch beside her. There was a tarp that was somewhat charred. It was just such a bizarre crime scene though, because she was uh, without a good chunk of her clothing, but they didn't say it had been burned onto her. It just said that she was nude. It was if you remember, there was a daughter that had recently moved from being out of state into her home with daughter's boyfriend that was like on again, off again, boyfriend, a lot of charges. They were kind of in and out of trouble. So we were a bit concerned that the money, the story goes that she was forced to go to an ATM. She left a text on her. It wasn't even a text. It was a Venmo note to her daughter that said, that she was pulling out X amount of dollars and the Venmo note to the daughter, if you remember, was something along the lines of the key is under the blue flower pot by the door. They won't let me go. It was just such a, an odd situation. But then that money almost exactly equaled money that daughter's boyfriend had due out for bail or for bonds or whatever. So it looked so hairy and suspicious to start with. But again, the coroner ruled it. Uh, death by suicide and said that this is what she had done was inhale these gases. It happens. Uh, we know that people do bizarre things such as maybe remove their clothes before they commit suicide, even though this is like on the side of a road at a ravine, just never made a lot of sense. Well, now a new pathologist is coming out to say that he didn't like the verbiage of the original one that said essentially 
law enforcement believes this to be suicide, meaning it almost sounded as though the coroner was writing it kind of like I've been told what it is, you know, as I'm looking over the the body. Um, And this pathologist said that no soot uh, or charring was found internally, meaning that like she, she got burned after she died, if that was the case. And we now know that she was burned over 80% of her body. So it wasn't just a charred abdomen. So, Nothing has changed in the case other than where we already had a lot of strange things to think about and a lot of red flags that seem to be put to bed with this, you know, ruling of suicide. Now it's I still like, go with murder on this one. I know. It's so, <laughs> so weird. It's a very odd case. Oh, it's so weird. Um, yeah, I mean, and nothing else. We know nothing's really going on. Nothing will go on for a while with Murdaugh. We do know that uh, Stephen Smith, that was the 19-year-old boy that was found dead in the middle of the road, that there have been some whispers of Buster, the surviving Murdoch's son, uh, that potentially he had some involvement in this. Maybe he was in a, or had had some dealings or a relationship with this Stephen Smith. That's all hearsay. Uh, Buster has stepped forward for just recently in the past day or two to basically say like, please stop with that. Like right now I'm grieving the loss of my mother and my brother. This is all so horrendous. And you know, dad's in prison for their murder. This, the whole thing is terrible for me right now. Please stop alluding to this idea. However, Stephen Smith's family in the light of the recent events with Alec being charged with the murder of his wife and son do want their uh, son's body to be exhumed Mm. and to kind of reopen Reopen that. Because I think there's a lot of questions that people had about whether he was actually well, hit by a car or not. Because it never seemed to make a whole a lot of sense. Yeah, right. it, it didn't yeah. make. Now, was Buster the one that got in the DUI with the boat? Nope, that was the dead one, Paul. That's the dead one, Paul. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Who by now, the way was it? Was okay. So Buster though wasn't he the one? Yes. Yeah, so he is the one that they thought maybe had the homosexual relationship. Which is weird that that comes out in almost every case now. Like we heard it with the Dylan Rounds case. Yeah. Um, there was even rumor that. Um, I, I guess the guy, the original Scarface, like he had come, remember the movie Scarface, oh. but that real guy, he had come down yeah, the stairs yeah. when he was shot to death on the stairway, the real guy, he had boxers on that he had put on backwards and people were alluding that he might've been gay. And I was like, I don't know, man, somebody, somebody kicks in my door. I sleep naked. I'm putting my underwear on, it's way way it goes. Goes. but it's funny how everybody jumps to like, Oh, he yeah. must've been homosexual. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and I don't know if Buster, I don't know if that's something that happened or not. Regardless, either way, that kid, that 19-year-old's death was super weird. And, you know, all of these things, it's weird on its own. But when you look at the whole picture of the housekeeper, the boat, the charges, the fraudulent charges, the money, all the things, and then finally culminating to um, Paul and Maggie being murdered so violently, it, you know, it stands to reason. I don't blame his family for wanting to consider exhumation of the body. All right. You know, just for some answers. Well, I guess there's only really one way to, to find out about Buster's relationship, and that's if his truck is squatted or not. Um, in Myrtle he's Beach. Not in right North now. Carolina. He's in South Carolina. Well, so North in Carolina, Myrtle, we would know. In Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, right now, there's a huge roundup uh, going on for spring break, and they're arresting tons of these guys in squatted trucks. Um, it's all over TikTok, uh, and, and it's like the, the the police have a war in Myrtle Beach right now. They're at war with these squatted trucks. Now, what I noticed about this battle that's been going on that's all over the interwebs is that every single one of these kids look like the Murdoch family. 
like oh, yeah. I'm, I, I would change the trend now. Like it's, I, now it's not cool to look like that right now. But if you watch the YouTube, if you watch the TikToks and the Instagrams of all these videos right now that's happening currently in Myrtle Beach, um, which is quite the opposite of what's happening. It's the same, but the opposite of what's going on in Miami spring break right now. Um, but yes, they all look like they are, they're right out of the Murdoch, the Murdoch lineage. That rat boy swoop and extra plaid on plaid. Yeah. With the, the hats are the same. Yeah. It's just very, they, they all, I mean, you know, I don't, maybe I'm the only one that's noticed it. I'll send it. I'll put a couple of pictures up on yeah, our we'll storyboard for Instagram, but yeah, definitely a lot of Murdoch, Murdoch vibes Ugh. at Myrtle Beach spring break. Ugh. Well, I might head down there this weekend, check it out, see what's going on. Get a, get a squatted truck. I need a second vehicle. Don't get on any boats with those kids. God bless. It's awful. No, I don't want to go anywhere near Myrtle Beach at all, much less for a squatted truck convention. <laughs> um all right y'all so we are going to talk about dorothy jane scott um this was in the santa Ana area of california but you know what we're gonna do first we did this a couple of weeks ago and i think i want to continue it whenever we talk about something in a prior decade let's talk about what was going on in 1980 some of the the heights of pop culture and media in 1980 uh first and foremost uh John Lennon was murdered in 1980. We have Pac-Man being internationally released in 1980. Uh, the Sony Walkman was rolled out. Did you have a Walkman? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I absolutely had a Walkman and all the variations of Walkman that you could possibly have. Yes. Yes, and that's a good distinction. There were like those types of things, but the Sony Walkman specifically came out in 1980. Yeah, um, I, my favorite one was the yellow and black one. Yes. That was like, I, mean, I don't maybe it was like shockproof or something like I remember that. that. It had like the extra sturdy clip like so the, you could clip it to. The sport edition. Yeah, the sport had the sport edition. Yeah, I like that one. And then I had one later on in life that actually had like a recorder, like a voice recorder on it. So you could, you could play your music, but you could also pull it out and put it on your table and hit like record and record the family conversation at dinner. <laughs> yes. I found some of those tapes actually for myself, for my own family when I was a little bitty that yes, it's amazing. There you go. There um, you. The miracle on ice. If Drew Breezy is mm. listening a bit, this is something he, he knows a little bit about the winter Olympics there in Lake Placid in 1980, the U S defeated the Soviet union. It was a huge yeah. deal uh, in ice hockey with a final score of four to three. They went on to win a gold eventually. Um, this was the summer where the world lived in the cliffhanger of who shot Jr. from the hit show Dallas. So Jr. was shot. Then the summer goes and the show's on hiatus and we still talk about it to this day or quote it. Uh, Ronald Reagan, oh, Ronnie was elected president in 1980. Um, you had, had your 30th birthday, 1980. I, I turned, well, 29. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, that was a really mm -hmm. good year. Mm -hmm. uh 1980 brought the debut of the rubik's cube i've never solved one i've never i've never no, solved one me either not a chance oh never no never i don't I've even never... want to now I, no i the only time i ever played with the rubik's cube is in the doctor's office honestly Ew, so it's like dirty they were always they always had one though i feel like when i was that's a, a kid. good that's not bad i did beat tetris on a side note what i did I didn't I did. know you could beat it. I just thought it just kept getting harder and harder and harder. You, and it harder. does until you get better and better and better, and then you kill it. Um, 
but I never have solved a Rubik's Cube. So Star Wars Empire Strikes Back was the number one movie. And we have two of the longest running number one singles of 1980. Do you know what they are, guys? In the chats, I'll give you three seconds. Three, two, one. So one was on my story today. John at Com Center did a great job with that reel. And it was Blondie's Call Me, which mm. is perfect because the story tonight deals with some um, strange phone calls and stalking. Um, but also Lady by Kenny Rogers was mm. one of the longer running number one singles in the year 1980. So, there you go. We've set the scene. You get the feels for the eight for the year. That was uh, the call me was that call me and call I can me. get it juicy for you. Call me. Is that call me? Okay, I'm not gonna sing on this podcast. Right, you can sing on this off. podcast. I'm not going to do that. That's not my role here. Uh, so, 32 year old single mom. Uh, Dorothy Scott. She was living with her aunt. She had a four-year-old son, uh, Sean, the dad of Sean, the ex-husband or just his father. I'm not sure the relationship there lived all the way over in Missouri. We're not even worrying about him. He has nothing to do with any of this. Had an airtight alibi was never a question. Uh, so Sean's father lived in Missouri. She's remember all the way over in California. She lives with her aunt. Her parents are nearby in town though. And her parents help her take care of her son. She works two, uh, part-time jobs, if you will. Let me get the name of these correct. One was called the swingers psych shop and one was custom John's head shop. So I will go on to say, if you don't know what a head shop is, that would be a head shop is, uh, the name is deemed from, if you think of like drug use, so like pothead, acid head, deadhead, right? Like all these things. So a head shop's going to have paraphernalia, um, bongs, bowls, clips, you name it, whatever. Um, and at the time, the term psych shop was kind of another, it'd be like the psychedelic shop. It's the same idea as a head shop. So the same people owned both businesses and they were pretty close to each other in town. And so she just worked for both of them to make up her hours. Um, and to make ends meet. Again, she lived with her aunt. So um, she preferred to stay home. They say that she was, she preferred a quiet night rather than to go out. If she did go on any dates, they were far and few between. She just enjoyed being home with her son. Like Again, she's a full-time single mom. Uh, and she was pretty uh, uh, religious about going to church most weekends. Uh, just mainly a pretty quiet girl. So even to the point where these shops that she worked with, she didn't, or worked at, she didn't work up front. She didn't come in contact with like the customers, which is important to note a little bit later, but she worked as a secretary in, in both of those offices and her office was in the back. So, you know, you walk into the storefront, you buy whatever, her stuff's in the back. So she's really not dealing with the, the merchandise or the customers, if you will, the clientele. Um, so she starts around early, early spring, around early, early springtime, she starts getting, uh, some phone calls and it starts out with, uh, Drew said they sell beaded curtains. A hundred percent. They sell beaded curtains. Yes. All did you ever have beaded curtains? I did not. I had a friend named Ginger who did. I loved my, I had the, uh, I had Indonesian beads. Uh, they're very specific. 
And um, did they the make wooden... a certain like clackety clackety? Oh, you... absolutely. And and yeah. And so then I had a door though, so they would like once you shut the door, they would like clack up against the door. So sneaking in and out at night was nearly impossible. Self sabotage. For me, just made it more difficult for yourself. I did. Yeah. I also slept on a couch. I had a couch and a hammock in my room back in those days. So no bed at all. No. And then, well, I originally I had, I had the couch and then I had the hammock and I slept in the hammock until my, my back got really bad after like, yeah, that doesn't sound like thing. fun. So I ended up getting rid of the one couch and got a futon couch in there. And so I pulled oh, yeah. a futon, which was cool because my dad was the type that made you make your bed every day. So, which was kind of the reason why I had the hammock to begin with, so that I didn't have to make my bed. I would just ball all my blankets up and put them in the hammock. And then when I got the futon couch, it was awesome because then I could just yes. roll the futon with all the linens into the couch. It was like an old 70s one. It was like that brown and orange color. Yeah. Oh, I see it right now. <laughs> and the material is like that of a sweater almost, like a woven. Yeah. 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 You know what? I just had a great idea that ghost bed should make hammocks. Hmm. Okay. Like, like a cooling sheet, like a cooling sheet hammock. So you stay well, it's cool. Just some sort of a, like the foam, their yeah. little technology they got mm. so that you can like, or maybe a hammock insert. Yeah. So you can Ooh. comfortably sleep on your hammock. Ooh. They have inserts. They do have, they do have like some mats and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Toppers and stuff. You okay, probably put a topper. You probably put the topper. Topper would probably fold around it. Get a small topper. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I like a good hammock when the weather's nice. So that would be, that'd be great. Um, all right. So she starts getting these phone calls from an unknown male. Now there were a time or two when her, uh, aunt would also, or, you know, instead answer the phone. And so she heard this man as well. And he sounded like they both described him as someone who sounded like he was disguising his voice. You know, you can't really, there's no way to explain that other than they're like, uh, just, it sounds like he's just, you know, disguising him as a voice. It doesn't sound natural to him. However, he's speaking. Now it started with him essentially giving messages of adoration. He would say things about just how much he, he, you know, enjoyed her or wanted to see her or be near her. And then as time is going by, you realize that he's quite literally seeing her in her day-to-day -day life because he would give specific details about, I like, you know, whatever. I like the dress you wore today and would describe it. Uh, it, it goes on to say things like, he then wants her to like, essentially either proclaim her love for him or just let him know that she won't leave him. And so this is picking up and she's starting to get very anxious. Now he's starting to give her threats. So he would kind of go back and forth between telling her how much he adored her to giving her threats of what would happen to her life if she left him or didn't talk to him anymore. So one day in particular, when he really ramped it up was when he called and said, uh, told her to go outside that he left something for her. And so she looks out the windows and doesn't see a person doesn't, I mean, she's of course alarmed, but doesn't see like a person out there waiting on her. So she waits a while and she goes out on her porch and something catches her eye. And on the windshield of her car was a single uh, dead rose. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Ooh. It's like, ooh. savage. It's like a, like a, 
horse head or something, you know? And do you think he bought the rose and waited for it to die? Because that's really premeditated. Like, damn it, I got to wait for this rose to die so that I can go be creepy with it. I could see that. I think that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Anyway, so the rose uh, was dead. Of course, that is extremely alarming. So at this time, she already was super creeped out. Obviously, this amps that up. She went on and uh, signed herself up for like karate classes. You know, there weren't all the things mm-hmm. that there are now. But so she goes to take some karate to learn some self-defense. She wanted to get a handgun, uh, but she was concerned because her son was only four at the time. And she was terrified that he would, you know, find it or get a hold of it. So she didn't get a gun. Uh, and, and he just keeps calling. And, and now he's saying things... Uh, like, like, uh, I will, if you basically deny my love, I'll cut you up into a million pieces and no one will find you. Like it escalates to this point. It's kind of like when I address Sarah Kelch and I say, when I get you in my bed tonight, I'm going to hold you down and never, ever, ever, ever let you go. It's ever. exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the same. Thank so... On May 28th of 1980, she is, Dorothy is going to, uh, she's going to kind of stay late after work because she's going to have a meeting with the employees of these two shops. A lot of them worked uh, uh, at, at both places as, as she did. So they're having kind of a work meeting with all the employees once they're all off uh, for the evening, right? So she decides to... Uh, she goes back to her house to tell her parents that she's going to be there late. She comes back. They have the meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, while they're sitting there, one of her co-workers, a guy named Conrad. Oh, Conrad. Is he Russian? <laughs> Conrad's a good old Russian name. Conrad. That's some kind of name. Well, so Conrad was not feeling well. And as the evening went on, he's looking during this meeting, not a lot of time has gone on at this point, but he's kind of looking more and more ill, getting a little sweaty. And he's got this red mark on his arm that continues to um, kind of grow and get more red as time goes on. And so they're asking him what's up. And he's like, I don't, I don't feel good. I don't know. We're talking like a spider bite, you think? Yes. In fact, that's exactly what it was. So good call. So Dorothy, uh, asks him if he would let her take him to the hospital. They're concerned about him. He's just not feeling well. So he said, you know, he said yes. So she was concerned that his condition might worsen because it kind of already was a bit rapidly. So she had her friend Pam, another employee there at the office, go with them. So the three of them pile in her. She had a white Toyota station wagon. And so it's uh, Pam and Dorothy and Conrad, spider bite victim. And they head out. Well, her parents' house, her parents were keeping her little boy, Sean, at the time, was on the way um, between the office and the hospital. So remember, guys, we're right in time. There are no cell phones, you know, anything like that. She doesn't want them to be concerned because she's going to be running now much later than she had originally planned now that she's taken him to the hospital. So they, she pulls up really quick to the home, runs in, tells mom and dad what's going on. I'm going to be a bit later. You know, maybe Sean will spend the night tonight, you know, whatever It's going to be a later night than I anticipated. While she's there, she changes out of a, she had a black scarf on with her outfit. 
and changes into a red one. And that matters not right now, but it's significant later on. So Hmm. hops back in the car and they go on to the hospital. Uh, They go to the University of California, Irvine, which that may be a detail that's interesting as well uh, as we will, I'll let you decide later on. So they get to the hospital, uh, they get Conrad checked in, they confirm it's a black widow spider bite. So she and Pam are going to wait for him. Like he's okay. They, you know, he's stable. He's okay. But they do want to get like the first round of like IV antibiotics in. I would imagine there's some things they want to do there at the hospital before they can send him on his way. So they're treating him. Pam has later said that, uh, basically Dorothy doesn't leave her side the whole time. I mean, they're just sitting in the waiting room, looking at magazines and talking and whatever. Uh, I think she left one time for, I mean, just a few seconds to go to the restroom and came right back. Uh, That was the only time that Dorothy was not by her side the whole time they waited on Conrad. So Conrad finally around 11 PM is getting discharged. And so they give him a prescription to get filled there at the in-house pharmacy of the hospital. So they'd go to do that. It only took them five or 10 minutes. Clearly current, um, customer services down a lot. Cause I, I don't know the last time I only had to wait five minutes for a prescription, by the way. But, um, so they get this prescription filled and as they're starting to walk out, Dorothy says, well, let me go. I'll go get the car. You guys, Pam, stay here with him. I don't want him to have to walk, you know, as far as he's going to need to, to the parking garage or whatever, to get the car. It's, you know, it's too much for him. You guys stand here. I'll go get it. Be right back. So they said, okay. And so Pam and Conrad wait and about five minutes goes by 10 minutes. They're not too concerned. They know that she's got to get kind of across the grounds, you know, to get to the car, but about 15, 20 minutes go by. And now they're getting, they are getting a bit concerned. They don't understand why it's taken her so long. Well, about that time they look up and they see her car. And so for a moment they're relieved until they realize it's barreling through the parking lot of the hospital. Uh, Pam said she immediately realized it's going way too fast, you know, way faster than it should there. Barreling through, like headed basically toward where they're, (laughs) toward where they're standing. All right. All right. With the bones, uh, toward where they're standing, but the headlights are blinding them. So they cannot see inside the car. They cannot see who, if there's more than one person who's driving, they can't see anything about it. So, it barrels past them, takes a sharp right turn, and immediately headlights shut off, and it's gone. And but it's so, already been. But she's already been gone for like a weird amount of time she's too. She's been gone for about twenty minutes now. Yes. So were, yeah, fifteen or twenty minutes. Well, like I said, the first like you know five ten minutes, they're just talking, not really worried about it. But fifteen right. twenty, they start getting concerned, and then here comes that car screaming through the parking lot, and right? then turns its lights off and disappears. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So obviously they're confused and concerned and they do just like you and I would do, right? They talk amongst themselves. Like maybe, well, maybe her son, they, they, they get worried that maybe there was an emergency at home and that something she needed to get home to her son for some reason. So at first that's what they're kind of, I think they've talked themselves into this idea that something happened while she was gone. She had made a phone call or found out something and had to leave. So, they go back inside and sit down and just kind of wait again, guys, remember we've gotten so used to what we have here and all of our technology and all the platforms and all the ways it wasn't that way. They're just kind of sitting there. I mean, I guess they could probably call a cab 
but they're kind of waiting for her at first because they don't they expect her to come back yeah i mean when i like i would not even in the early 90s or anything like that when i would have been old enough to take a taxi cab i would even when i was a teenager i would have known in the 90s i wouldn't have known how to call a taxi cab <laughs> like, yeah right. and they were grown i mean keep in mind dorothy was but you know what? I, I did hitchhike a lot as a kid i'd catch what? rides all the time <laughs> sometimes i'd recognize the people sometimes the I fact wouldn't. that you're not one of one of our episodes <sighs> I mean, yeah, but I, but really you didn't know, like there wasn't a lot of movies and stuff out about yeah. like bad shit happening. So you just kind of, well, exactly. But well, what we've learned is that it's happening. We just didn't know. We didn't know to what degree. <laughs> right. It wasn't not happening. But, I mean, but it wasn't like, you know, when you're 12, 13 years old, you, you didn't, you didn't watch like Dateline or any of that crap anyway. So no, like, you no, never no. saw it as a 13 year old, but. Oh yeah, no, I would. Uh, you know, I, if I wanted to go to Food Line, Food Line was about fifteen minute drive from the house. It was about an hour bike ride from the house, and so a lot of times, man, I would just walk out to the State Road thirteen and put my thumb out and ask somebody for a ride to the Food Line, and they'd give me a ride, and I'd go to the Food Line, and then I'd hang around the Food Line parking lot until I could find a ride back home or close to home. You don't want to do that at the Food Line by my house. <laughs> fun to sit and observe but you don't really want to hang out i promise but you know what i was poor and if you want to make us less poor you can do that in a few different ways one you can drop us a super chat which we always appreciate you can become a paid subscriber a paid member which we got some new paid member merc, uh, perks coming out. We uh, have updated the website. We're going to have a private login. So when you become a member, not only will you get all the little perks of having your name in green and being able to have access to our Discord, but now you'll be able to log into our website and see personal monologues, video monologues from Andrea doing true crime updates um, or Drew Breezy giving his opinion on something or me giving my opinion on something or Deadleg or John or anything. We'll be up to uploading little blogs and things like that. We'll only have access to you guys. So sometimes we cover some things in the news that we disagree on or that we see we just want to talk about. And so we'll have our own little place, us hosts, we'll have our own little place on the website that we can turn our computers on, do a five to 10 minute speech on what we think is going on, what we truly feel, and it will only go to you guys as paid members. So those are some really great paid member uh, perks. So jump on there. Thank you, Sarah Kelch, for the super chat. We always appreciate that. It's going to new equipment. It's helping the show out. And if you still want to uh, support us, but you don't have the funds to do that, still you can do it. It's very simple. Leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Go ahead and drop us a review and a rating, or you can go to YouTube and hit like and just subscribe. But those are all the ways. Thank you, David J, for dropping $50, man. That's always so awesome, dude. We're so, it's just, we it's, always want to be incredible. less poor. Thank you. We always want to be less poor. So uh, again, that was a shameless plug for the Failure Stop channel. Uh, like us on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, soon to come, TikTok, unless they get rid of TikTok overall. So back to you, Andrea. Thank you, Eric. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to some of that new stuff, some of the new content and uh, platforms will be on. That's really super cool. Uh, all right. So where were we? The she's she's speeding off through this parking off. lot. She turns her lights off. She bangs her right. Now she's out of sight. Out of sight. Good job. <laughs> wonderful recap. I feel like that could be a song. It could be I don't know. 
things okay yeah so, <laughs> like a country song right she sped through the lot with her lights on until she banged her right she was out of sight we just lost any of the new members we got <laughs> they, they're right. trying to take their super chats back <laughs> every turn <laughs> like we're funny there are refunds that i pay with Clara. Oh, right. yes ed so, by the way the merch site has been fixed there are refunds coming to the from the old merch site that uh that the other company went out of business and then failed to tell us that they went out of business and all that hoopla but uh, you guys are getting refunds uh, and that's all thanks to dead leg media and drew breezy so all right let's get back to this story so she banged her right turned out for lights she's out of sight um carly thank you for the karaoke ten dollars we appreciate that what's going on what, what what is happening here why is this woman right going crazy so, why is she disappearing in the parking garage yeah they have no idea right um so like i said they sit there and they wait for almost two hours and at this point they're like okay like this is not okay don't know what's going on and they call uh they were able to call Dorothy's parents and they were like are you guys you know are you guys good did you is the child okay have you seen Dorothy and they are uh flabbergasted and they don't they say no we I mean we haven't seen her since you guys stopped on your way to the hospital a few hours ago and now they're extremely concerned so they go on and call authorities at this point I'm not sure it's not clear if, if Pam and Conrad the co-workers or if mom and dad or even the aunt call authorities Regardless, uh, local law enforcement is notified. And then they start saying her like aunt and her parents start saying, oh, my goodness, you also need to know about these phone calls she's been getting. Right. Because she had not taken it upon herself to as far as we know, it's a little unclear. There's not a lot of uh, verbiage on this. But as far as I can tell, it doesn't look like she went to the authorities beforehand. She was just trying to kind of handle it herself take these self-defense classes, you know, and hope it would go away. So they go out to start looking for her. There was a bit of, you know, a bit of the pushback of, well, she's an adult. She could have left. Okay. But she didn't. This is weird. You know, obviously unlike her behavior normally. So they, hey, Bosco. So they uh, start looking for, for her, her car, anything that they can find. And finally, at 4.30 in the morning, if you remember, it was about 11 p.m. when they were being discharged and checked out from the hospital. So at 4.30 in the morning, authorities come upon her car. It's in an alley about 10 miles from the hospital, fully engulfed in flames. Whoa. Yep. There is no Dorothy. There is no one else. No sign of anything. So as you can imagine, once this is put out, any evidence or anything like that, this car is, it's, there's nothing, unfortunately. It's, you know, nothing that they can go off of. So they continue to search and nothing. They can't find her. They can't, nothing still happens. To, still to this day, she, they can't find her? Well. Well, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. well, funny you ask, Eric. <laughs> that's what I should. That's going to be my new tagline. I'll be like, "Hey, y'all, funny you ask, Eric." Um, all right. So <clears throat> we find her car about a week after she's disappeared. 
they, they've not found Dorothy's uh, Dorothy or her remains or, or anything like that, right? Her parents get a phone call from an unidentified man who mm. said, he first asked, are you related to Dorothy? And mom says, yes. And he said, I've got her and hung up. Ooh. Okay. Oh, she started 69. That same. Well, so actually that's funny. Cause a lot of the stuff I was reading with that wasn't yet, this was 1980. So it wasn't yet a thing. So the same man starts calling and he calls every Wednesday. That's a great shirt idea, Sarah. Um, he calls every Wednesday without fail. And mom gets the phone every single time. Now he cannot, they cannot trace this. They tell law enforcement about it. He is never on the phone long enough. Right. Cause it's like the movies, days. like back it's, in the old days. Back when then, like you have to get so mm-hmm. much time for it yeah. to kick in. And he remember knows. like every movie had one every of those scenes movie. too. They're like, they're like keep, keep them going, keep, keep them going. going. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. it should have been impossible for me because it's like, I can't make a phone call less than like three minutes. So <laughs> you would be caught immediately. <laughs> immediately got but you know the equivalent to that we just covered monday night for the paid members but we just covered a a story Uh where they uh it was in ohio and they had a criminal um that was wanted and so they pointed out a thing on facebook that he was wanted and a whole bunch of people made comments and then he commented something like super sarcastic and they're like sweet thank you for using that ip address we're on our way to bosco county or whatever county it was and they got him so that's amazing. That's today's equivalent of staying on the line for 30 seconds so you can be tracked. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Every movie was like that, though. It's funny thinking mm-hmm. about it now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Um, it was like every MacGyver episode. <laughs> oh, man. MacGyver was good. I got the same haircut. So, <laughs> so when they get that first phone call, though, it's like I said, it had been about a week. Uh Police at this point have said to uh, the family, like, do not engage with media. We need you not to talk at all because they they are terrified now, especially since they know that she was getting these phone calls. They don't want to encourage more false, you know, uh, false phone calls of people, you know, that something that could be leaked from the media that people are calling in with details and things like that. So they are really, please, please don't talk to the media. Well, a week later, when they get that first phone call asking if they were related to Dorothy and saying that I've got her, uh, dad had had enough. His name was Jacob, Dorothy's father. And he goes to the local newspaper, the Santa Ana. I've heard two different names, but either the Santa Ana Register or the Orange County Register and tells them what's going on. Um, And he tells them about the phone calls that she had been receiving prior that they just received a new one and they put a story out. And so they talk about Dorothy. Well, the day the story, uh, I've got this here. Y'all know you like my notes now. The day the story comes out in that local newspaper, um, the editor of that newspaper gets a phone call. Excuse me. So the editor gets a phone call that says, or the, the person on the line asked for the editor. And when he gets on the phone, uh, this man says, I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. 
Um, so that here's, sounds legit. And here's where it gets super weird. He, uh, the editor said that the caller knew that Conrad had suffered from a spider bite on the night of May 28th. He also knew that Dorothy had been wearing a red scarf. Oh, and she was wearing a black scarf. She changed it, and he knew that she had changed it after her meeting that evening. So that's... But if you remember, he had already been telling her very telling detailed things about, right, when he would call, like, you know, like your dress today. Like, he knew these details. So he knew, though, that Conrad had a spider bite, right? Mm. By Um, the way, you, you smell different when you're awake. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. what he would say, I think. Yeah. So it says that, um, by the way, none of these details had been published in the article like that the editor had put out. Like that was not, there was no need for it really. I mean, I guess they could have mentioned the spider right, but they didn't. So these were not details known to the public whatsoever. Um, the caller also said that, so oh, take this all with a grain of salt, but the caller said that Dorothy called him from the hospital that night. Now, Pam, her friend that was there, disputed that. She said, there's no way. she like, And that's why I said earlier, she was with her the whole time, uh, except for one time that she went and, you know, went to the restroom and came right back. Uh, the investigators at the time and, and currently still do think that this caller is the person responsible for her death. Finally, uh, it's August of 1984, so it's been over four years. She was... Uh, her car sped away and was found in May of 80. All right. So just over four years later, a construction worker uh, came upon some bones. He quickly realized they were animal bones. They were. <sighs> so he removes them and yeah. he starts getting rid of them. Right. And as he removes them, dun, 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 um, he discovered what appeared to be human bones underneath. Oh, so somebody else uh, we know on this show has come home with some bones that those were animal may or may bones. not have been human bones. So this was about 30 feet from the Santa Ana Canyon Road. The bones were partially charred. And this mm. led authorities to believe that the remains had been there for at least two years because two years prior in 1982, a brush fire had swept through that area. Uh, and they think that that's what they were likely charred from. Um, they also found a turquoise ring and a watch. Here's where it gets super duper weird. The watch was stopped at 1230 AM on May 29th. She went missing. Well, the car sped away a little after 11 on the night of the 28th. And her Um, watch stopped when? At 1230. So a little over an hour later Um. from the time she went missing, literally just an hour later from 11 PM to 1230. And how does a watch stop? Like, they didn't have to wind them up back then, so, right? Potentially. I mean, it depends on what kind of watch she's wearing. But if it had a date on it, then she must have had a digital watch. Because it said oh, it was stopped right. at 1239 right. a.m. Yeah, on the 29th of May. Right. And so uh, authorities have gone back and forth on this. There's not a lot of detail on the exact type of watch it was. They do seem to think this was um, an intentional move, that the watch was stopped at that time. Um, so 
The bones that they found that were human included a skull, pelvis, two femurs, and an arm bone. They weren't specific on which arm bone they found. Um, and about a week later, they used dental records to identify or confirm that that was, in fact, uh, remains from Dorothy's body. Um, mm. After her remains were found in August of 84, the family started receiving phone calls again. Uh, Police did install a voice recorder at the residence, but they were never able to trace the calls. The man never stayed on the line long enough. That's another t-shirt idea. Um, Now, we know that he stayed on the line. He, that could mean a lot Actually, that would be a good comm center right? shirt, too. Just stay on the line. Well, that's what I'm saying. Stay you can go line. across Help the board. Stay on the line. Right. Yep. Stay, stay on the line. line. We're trying to implicate you in a murder or you're stay on 911 call. So stay, stay on the line. line. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, well, uh, so what happens is stay on the line. Gosh, I cannot stay in that song. And now it's going to be stuck in my head. So. Uh, interesting fact, one day Jacob, Dorothy's father, was home during the day when he never would have been prior. And so when this guy was calling weekly and the mom was answering the calls, uh, one day Jacob answered the dad and he never called again. Ooh. Just quite literally. Um, wow. So there are a couple of theories. We'll talk about a couple of these. And then, and then hear what you guys have to have to say or think about it or engage in the chats a little bit. Uh, what did I say, Sarah? Oh, what? something about staying alive or something. I said I didn't like that song. And if you do, mm. you can go sing it alone in a corner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all by yourself in a corner. Uh, um, <laughs> no, I don't like it, Sarah. So, um, Anyway, so the two, here's a couple of theories we have. Okay. One is interesting. So Mm -hmm. if you guys remember the uh, Night Stalker, not Richard Ramirez, the original Night Stalker, also known as the East Area Rapist, they wound up coining him the original Night Stalker because these crimes were being committed before Ramirez came on the scene. Blah, 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 blah. He was just actually um, uh, arrested in 2018 as a much older man. These All these crimes happened. He was a serial killer back in the early 80s. A lot of his, this doesn't necessarily very specifically fit his MO, but it does in a lot of kinds of ways. Because number one, one of his victims he took from Calif- the University of California Irvine Hospital, That's where Conrad was being treated for a spider bite. Um, He was active at that time and in that area. We know that for a fact. And he was very known to make very taunting phone calls. So lots and lots of phone calls before or after, I should say before and or after uh, the murders took place of his victims. So there are some people who you can dive down a lot of stuff and read a lot of stuff who tend to want to you know put him in with that which a lot of things would make sense there what happened to him he's in prison now like he uh as far as i know he's still alive he was just arrested in 2018 right he was the one that was a cop right Mm -hmm. yeah you think they just fucking ask him about it yep well it's not something he would confess to now i don't know i'll ask him do you mean get him on (sighs) get him on the horn dude tell him to stay on the line be with him in a minute yep so 
The other theory is there's a guy named Mike Butler, and it sounds like a lot of the people who were in Dorothy's life have now, um, I don't want to say convince themselves, but think that this would be um, a thing, right? So, in fact, her uh, son, who is now, what what was that, 1980? And right. he was four, so what, 40, right. like 47 years old? He's tried his best to this day. He's trying to find out the, uh, you know, the, the bad guy who, who did this, who uh, committed his mother's murder. He seems to think that this Mike Butler is one. So Mike's sister worked at one of the head shops that uh, Dorothy worked at. Okay. And he would sometimes come in. Keep in mind, if this guy, this is the one thing that's interesting is if he's, they mom Dorothy and her parents or mom both said that the caller sounded like he was a man disguising his own voice. If he is a perfect stranger, mm-hmm. why would he need to do that? Right. right. Like if he's yeah. not someone who's come in contact with her. So if he's someone that's milling about in and out of the store because his sister works there, or it wouldn't be mm-hmm. weird to see him down the street or whatever. And he could know these details about her life. Right. Um, so this Mike Butler, his sister, I guess she refuses any interviews. Even Sean, the son has tried and tried and tried to speak with her and she refuses them. So Mike had been in and out of the military, had a lot of run-ins with the law. He was described as quote unstable. And, um, I think dishonorably discharged. Don't quote me on that one. I, I didn't look into him a whole, whole lot, but, um, he was not looked at very favorably from a character witness standpoint, if you will. So a lot of the accounts on him, like I said, the unstable, uh, just in and out of trouble, just kind of a bizarre guy is how he's noted. So, and I do think that it's very interesting that his sister won't speak on this. I think that if it were my brother and I didn't think he had anything in the world to do with it, I don't know. I just think that's interesting. Anyway. I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of lawyer that's probably advise them to not say anything to anybody yeah i guess but i'm just saying like if somebody's like hey my mom was murdered you worked with my mom i want to ask some more questions about your brother i'd probably be like what my brother you know like he was in whatever he had like why would you think him i i don't know right 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 but um any i don't know uh but those are some of the the two stronger theories were the original night stalker and then um this guy, Mike Butler, whose sister. I wonder why they stopped calling after the dad answered the phone. Right. He didn't want to talk to a man. Uh, It's so bizarre. Got some daddy issues, maybe? No, I just think that he didn't. I think he needed women to be a victim. Right. You know? And I think that... um, it's just interesting that he would call and he would taunt and he would either tell the parents that he killed her or he would tell them that he had her. He'd say, I have her. She's here. Mm. But the next call might be a week later and saying that he killed her. Uh, strange. So they've never, yeah, they haven't solved this case then. No, it's cold or it's. Do they ever unsolved. have a recording of the guy's voice at all? I feel like if the uh, dude's calling every Wednesday, they did, they did. They put, they finally did. They put a, they put a recording, like they, they recorded his phone calls. 
but mm. they still were never able to trace him because he still was never on the line long enough. Right. So, I mean, they can't take that and put it up next to Night Stalker. And... Oh, yeah, I'm sure they could. I'm not saying that authorities believe that it's him, but there have been a lot of people who over the years, mm. you know, have seemed to believe that. Uh, also, the autopsy uh, did, which, again, they didn't have a full, they just had a, you know, partial remains. Um, yeah. But the autopsy didn't lend toward a cause of death. So we don't have that sure. either. And then also it's kind of bones. Yeah. And well, I mean, a bit if there was a I mean, you have or the skull or something like that, but they have the skull that, so they have the skull, the pelvis, two femurs and one arm bone. So, but um, was it like dismembered? Like, you know, cause if she, maybe, I don't know. It's I not mean, specific they were burned like in that. Fire or something? I don't know. Yeah. It's not specific like that, but, yeah. uh, you know, I will say, so it's interesting to think that he knew that there was a spider bite, bite since that was the very last thing before she was abducted. So, And you'd have to know when she's leaving the hospital. Well, if he's like, that's pardoned, pretty specific. If he followed her from their meeting at work, he could sit back and wait and watch and wait. Right, and but watch. wouldn't she have gone? Like, I mean, what's to say she doesn't go back to the car with the three people she left the car with? You know what I mean? He had to get well, really I'm, fucking because, lucky. Because here's what I think. Well, I'm not sure that he I'm not sure that he set off to murder her that night. Okay. I'm almost thinking it's something that just, just happened. Like a, like he, yeah, he's stalking her and then he just gets an opportunity he, to uh, what about that he sees her walking in with old boy? Mm-hmm. Oh, because he yeah, works. He gets there? enraged. Right. Well, no, mm-hmm. he sees her walking in the hospital with her coworker and gets enraged. Right. That could happen. I mean, he had just told yeah. her that, you know, he'd put her in a million pieces. And, you know, if she didn't profess her love to him. So, and he even said in his phone call, he said, I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. She wasn't his love. She didn't have anyone. Um, He was delusional, right? I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. So someone like that could easily have seen her walk in, know who Conrad was because he knows the employees at this. That doesn't sound like the motive of the night soccer at all, by the way. He, no, like, no, I'm not saying it's the original Night Stalker. I'm right, just saying right. that the similarities with the taunting phone calls and the right, yeah. time period and location. Um, but, but maybe he could have gotten enraged seeing her walk in with him. And maybe mm-hmm. that's how he knew it was a spider bite because maybe let's say he balls her up and puts her in her car and she's saying, and he's yelling at her. Right. You know, this is all speculation, but you know, <laughs> who are you with? And, da-da-da. and she's like, that's my friend. He had a spider bite. You know, right. there could be ways that she knew that. Yeah. Man, what a bizarre case, man. And it, it's so, just, it's even more bizarre that they didn't catch the guy because you think a guy like that, like, doesn't stop talk? there. Or, yeah. I don't think he stopped there either. I or really maybe he committed he suicide, you know? Maybe, but I think that he, um, or just somehow died of natural causes. Hell, I mean, he could have had a car wreck. Who even knows? But, like, right, right. Um, I don't think he would have stopped there. I think he would have found a new obsession. Or, I mean, I get, I know, who am I to say? Right. I don't know. But that's what, I would almost think that that would like almost like there'd be a new vector for his obsession. Right. And his like mm-hmm. paranoia, it's bizarre, but I, I also think he would want to talk if he was still alive because I mean, he called the second the paper broke a story about it. He immediately called the editor day one right. that the story right. broke, Like he needed to tell. Mm-hmm. That's why he taunted the mom. Like he needed to keep talking about it. Yeah. So it does make me feel like he, just may not be alive anymore. I mean, I don't know. Right, right. Man, what a what a crazy case, man. What a crazy case. Thank you for that. Well, uh, guys, you know that's uh, that's night shift for you. 
leaves you hanging, leaves you wondering all night, thinking in your cop cars and your EMS trucks that, uh, shit, dude, there's could the guy could still be out there. could be stalking you. I wish I had somebody that loved me enough that they could stalk me. I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be murdered, but, um, you know, minor stalking, a little stalking, a friendly stalking. I don't know. Maybe like a Taylor Swifty type stalking. I don't know. Uh, tomorrow we have last call. And you like slid under the, the door yeah, of but they're not the creepy. Studio. They're nice. They're nice notes. Like, There's saw you come in yesterday. I love Happy those Thursday. jeans. Yeah. That was a cool shirt. Have a great day. You know, hair's looking nice. You know, like, I want a nice, I cut the tag stock. out of your shirt to take home with me, but I liked it on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just a friendly stalker. Like, not a creepy, I'm going to kill you stalker. Um, Tomorrow, speaking of stalkers, um, I've always had an infatuation with Amanda Bynes. She was my first love, my first crush. Oh. Um. She was she was arrested yesterday. Not arrested, but she was picked up by police and placed on psych leave after she was seen walking oh. down the street butt naked. So we'll be talking oh. a lot about that. We've got the Trump stuff that's coming out tomorrow uh, with the Trump indictments. We'll be going oh, over that's that. That's going to be a good show. It'll be a good show, you know. Um, and then we've got a mountain lion that ripped a dude out by the head. Uh, what? A, yes, he was uh, in a hot tub. It was just a vacationer <gasps> in a hot tub. And a Where? mountain lion snatched him by his head and dragged him out of the, uh, out of the, uh, out of the hot tub. And then uh, also at the same time, we have another cat in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, that was found laced full of cocaine. So, um, cocaine cat, a cocaine cat, just like cocaine bear, except this cat they're actually keeping, and they're using it for something like a. Like a big cat? Like, you know, like a, Mm -hmm. you mean like a big cat? Like a terrifying cat? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're using it as some kind of rehab cat. I don't know. We'll talk about it tomorrow on, uh, on last call. So last call should be lots of fun. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the news. Um, There's some other things going on with some rappers who dropped dead on stage. We've had two in the last couple of months. Ooh, I saw the one. Mm -hmm. Yep. South African dude. And if you look at the videos, it's very similar to what happened on the football field. And we also had a PGA tour caddy who collapsed in Florida the same way from cardiac arrest. So, you know, we're just going to discuss all those things on, on last call tomorrow. And then of course we're going to do a full Trump breakdown on Friday. Um, and what the weaponization of the department of justice, because we're seeing right now that it's not just an isolated thing. The department of justice has been repeatedly in the last three years, weaponized by the, the, the has been weaponized oh, by, yeah. by politicians and things like that and you know where that goes how it relates to places like venezuela and other third world countries and why some people might be speculating that we're a third world country now and, and kind of all that stuff but we're going to break it down for real so you can drop all the theories we're going to really play it out what is trump in trouble for what did he do wrong from top to bottom and what have other people done similar to this and may or may not have been charged or um, the discretion as they call it has not been used or was different. So all that and more this week, Com Center, of course, is going to have some, some chilling audio, I'm sure as they always do. And if you want to call into that show, I highly recommend that you do. It's very entertaining to do that. Trace I called it. in for my first time last week. So. DOJ. 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 Yep. Um, stay on the line. Stay on the line. Stay on the line. So, I like that. That's a good idea. I do. All right, guys. Well, hey, from myself, Eric Tanzi, and Andre Plate, this has been another Night Shift Guns Up, Giddy Up. Good night, y'all.